What's up, everybody? I am Travis Day. I'm Cartoon Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. It is the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. The same weekly podcast as brought to you by CarterComics.com. CarterComics.com is your one-stop shop for all your comic needs, whether it be graded or raw. Carter Comics got it all. That's right, guys. You go to CarterComics.com and fill up your car with all their amazing comics. Again, whether it be graded or raw, that's up to you. Fill up, fill up the cart. You can use our discount code FREAKNET, F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, will save you 10% on your entire purchase. And it's not just on their website either. You can also go to one of their four eBay accounts, and whatever you bid on, buy outright, negotiate for, whatever you do over there on eBay, you can save 10% on your order over there as well. CarterComics.com, one-stop shop for all your comic needs. Nice. That was a succinct plug. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to I've been trying to get it more consistent and like, you know, like I I want to make sure I give them enough airspace. Yeah. And you know, occasionally like I'll go off onto something random, but I always find my way back. Mm-hmm. I would just like to make sure it's all kind of uniform. Get get a pretty sounding, you know. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Hey, you know what else sounds pretty? What's that? The fine recordings over at audible.com where you can find hundreds if not millions of audiobooks to listen to. And the best way to try it out is go to audibletrial.com slash freaknet and sign up for a free 30-day trial and a credit towards your first audiobook. That's right. You can get a free audiobook and 30 days of access to everything else Audible has to offer. Just go to audibletrial.com slash freaknet and sign up today. Perfect, perfect. Joe, we're going to continue on with uh, the uh, president or the mayoral uh, debates that occurred a few weeks back. Uh, you know, we're trying to get through all of it so the uh, the fine people of Chicago really, uh, you know, can uh, not only you know relive the debates and everything so they know what's going on so they can make a wise decision, but also uh, to uh, get our views and opinions on it and see if like, hey, you know what, I like what that guy said. I agree with them and stuff like that. Nice. I'm not sure if people really value our political opinions, but uh, why the hell not? Right. What makes us so different than everyone else who's educated in political sciences and all that nonsense? Yeah. Yeah, we have opinions. <laughs> uh, guys, we did, uh, Joe and I, uh, you know, we, we've talked uh, a few times over the course of the last month, actually, I think we uh, since we've been back. About the, uh, the, uh, the weight loss journey that we're going through together. And we actually, uh, did our first video vlog and I uploaded it up on YouTube, but somehow I updated, uh, uploaded the wrong video. So for those of you who did watch the video, thank you. Uh, but, uh, unfortunately I did delete it so I could put the real one up and, uh, that'll be up. So I feel free to uh, rewatch it again because there is kind of a small intro to it. I went ahead and used another Ripley Street song. Uh, if you guys know, Ripley Street is the band that did our theme song for this podcast. I used another one of their songs as an intro for um, the vlog. And uh, I'm going to phone call from work, so give me one second, Joe. All good. Part of me wants to leave this long pause in the show. Just as like an intermission for people to go and grab like their carrot cake that they uh they uh were going to before they start applying this. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll delete it out of there. But, um, so I re-up, I'm going to re-upload the video. So it's going to be available on our YouTube channel. And I encourage you all to go watch it. I got very real and very honest in it. Some things I never even admitted on this show. Um, but that's what I want that to be is an honest thing for us to do. And one of the things I did mention in it is about how I need to drink more water. So I went ahead and I bought myself one of these one gallon water bottles that, uh, has the time of day on it and where I should be. So nice. I should be drinking a gallon of water between apparently 7 a.m. and 9 p.m. Good deal. So I'm excited for that. But Joe, how are you doing, man? You good? I'm doing great. I'm doing really well. I, uh, I've, I've managed to, to keep up working out nearly every day. I think I took Sunday off, which was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll do that again. Um, <laughs> not that it was bad. I just thought, you know, maybe I should throw in a rest day, see what that's like. And, uh, I'd rather work out. There you go, man. So, which is nice. It's nice to be at a point in my life where it's like, oh, I'd rather take the extra 20 minutes and, uh, and move around. So very happy with that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I went to the, the five and below near me today and picked up some, uh, just some very cheap, very light weights, you know, just a, a couple of five pounds and a couple of two pounds just to, uh, get started. And, yeah. um, looking forward to how that goes. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm, and I, I, I text you, uh, Monday morning because I know I mentioned, especially in the video about getting committed to doing the Monday, uh, the morning workouts with you and everything. For some reason, I just can't get awake in the mornings, no matter how hard I try and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do them in the afternoons until I can kind of get my internal clock or whatever the hell it is to get situated to wake up in the morning, being ready to go and shit. Because it doesn't matter if I go to bed at eight thirty at night, sleep for God what nine hours. I am so brutally exhausted in the morning. It, it sucks, and I I can't explain why. Um, but, uh, I, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna have my alarm go off at 5.15 on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, cause I want it to become a habit and want it to become norm to the point where it's like, okay, now I am up. I don't got, for some reason, my body just wants to be like, nah, dude, hit that snooze, go back to bed. So, but, yeah, I um, it. so yeah, so I, I'm gonna commit to the afternoons, which, uh, it hasn't been that bad. Uh, I'm able to get home on Monday, do JFW, get that done, get that show released, hit my workout, and go to bed. Nice. And uh it honestly like I think it helped me sleep a little bit better uh last night. So uh maybe that's a thing, but if I could and my I, I kinda made a new personal goal for me, not anytime soon, but you know, maybe maybe towards the summer. Uh I may even look at doubling down on this uh DDP yoga program and doing uh doing a morning and an evening workout. Nice. Yeah, I guess nice. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get my body right, not only in weight loss mode, but also in like being actually limber again and be able to stretch good and not wake up with back pain and knee pain and stuff. So, um, so I may do that. Uh, if anything, I can even split the programs in two because each pro, each daily program is like two videos. Um, sometimes it's one, but sometimes it's two. So even if I did like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, but it'll, it'll get better. Nice. So. Nice. Well, well, in terms of workout, it's just that's the thing that's changed this week is that I have continued to do this, which is new. So, and it, it makes me feel so good. I feel so great lately, and uh, I don't know, makes everything else seem more positive and optimistic. So, that's a good thing. 
That's yeah. Good it's, it's, it's awesome to be positive and optimistic, you know? Yeah. No. And I'm but always, I'm always optimistic, but sometimes I'm negative and optimistic. So. <laughs> Pessimistic? Yeah. Well, no, just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm negative because it's like, ah, everything feels hopeless, but I'm optimistic because I'm like, ah, but it'll turn out okay eventually. <laughs> but lately, things have been good and I expect them to continue to get better. Glad to hear that, man. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Uh, do you have a get your shit together for this week? I do. I do. On behalf of my wife, whose birthday was uh, this last weekend, um, uh, she's been telling me about Microsoft Word lately, which um, uh, for whatever reason no longer seems to work well with Excel to bring tables over, um, you know, for her science stuff. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, when I was in college, it was very easy to just import a file directly from Excel right into Word. It's the same companies, basically the same background programs. It just works, right? Yeah. And then later you could copy and paste and it would work just fine. Um, she got home from work last night at about 930 at night because she spent six hours trying to make this just just to copy tables over from Excel to Word. And uh, nothing is easy anymore for whatever reason with the, the current version she's on. Nothing is intuitive. And um, the worst thing is that when she tries to um, uh, paste the data into the table, uh, the first the first number or whatever, the first data point is correct, and the rest are just random nonsense. And the problem is is that it looks right, because you're not, you know, it's a lot of numbers to pay attention to at once. And so you don't realize until uh, you're way down the document that it's been wrong the entire time. So uh, Microsoft Word and Excel and just Microsoft in general and, and Office, get your shit together. There you go. Yes. Yeah. What about you? What do you got this week? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid eating out a lot. Um, I want to, you know, cook more things at home, go shopping, be regular about it and everything. And, uh, you know, just focus more on spending the money to buy more groceries to make more meals than, you know, buying a little meal at a restaurant every so often and stuff. Um, today I didn't pack a lunch, uh, you know, just ran late, didn't think about it, got to work, realized that I am in the middle of a fast that, uh, that ends at like 9.30 and I'm like, okay, so I need to eat. Um, my best option is, uh, Jimmy John's on witches. Yeah. Um, and I talked about them before, you know, the, uh, the beach club is the best one, uh, for me just because, uh, it's, I mean, first off, they're all low carb and everything, but the calorie count and everything kind of works with my macros and stuff. But I'm realizing more and more, which it's not going to be that big of an issue if I do totally get rid of fast food eating and stuff. But I noticed that some Jimmy John's are really kind of half-assing their unwidges to the point where it's, like, even difficult to eat and even handle. Because I kind of treat it the same way as, like, I guess you're supposed to, like, a Chipotle burrito. Um, and the way Derek or my or Hannah, if you remember Sherry's friend Hannah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of taught me with uh, Jabole is you're supposed to tear the foil around the burrito more and more as you go down eating the burrito. 
And I just go at the Unwitch the same way, just tear the paper around as I fucking go and everything. But what I'm realizing, it's not even so much like an, uh, a wrap as it is. They just took a bunch of pieces of heads of lenses, shoved shit into it, tucked it over, and then threw it into a piece of paper. Good Lord. So it's like, so as I, and I, and I don't get like a lot of stuff in there. I, I normally, I get what's in there and I add like pickles and I add extra oregano because I love oregano. I get it. Anytime extra oregano is an option anywhere, I always get it. Love oregano. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Delicious. Oh, fuck yeah, it is. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to eat my sandwich, but as I'm tearing the paper away, the, the, the lettuce front is pretty much just fucking open and everything. So I, pre- I, I had to just at a point open up the fucking paper, cut up the fucking unwitch, put it in a bowl and eat it like a salad, which is fine, but it's not what I wanted. You know, I was like, I just, yeah. I, I, I expect to be able to have something that I can tear the paper, eat it by hand and move on, you know, but. Um, it, it was just half-assed. And again, maybe the person had a bad day. I don't know, but it's happened a few times at different Jimmy John's. It is annoying. It's a great alternative. I'm awesome to do it. Not many places do that. Um, but it's a great, it's a great concept to do it, especially when people are on low carb diets. So Jimmy John's, I'm proud of you for having Yunwich. I, I'm, I'm glad that you have that, uh, that option for people, but you really gotta get your shit together and find a better way to make these fucking wraps that are more, to be able to be eaten as you go. Um, and their pickles too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is with their pickles, but it's just have a weird fucking taste to them. So also Jimmy John's, uh, have your pickles get their shit together because it has a weird fucking like, uh, like manufactured fucking taste to it. I don't know if it's like the plastic mm-hmm. bottle jug thing that came in. It's just sitting on that shelf for so long. It's just absorbing that fucking flavor of a plastic bottle, but it's just not good. So again, I am I've looking. Never had a, I've never had a problem with uh, their pickles, but they don't taste like fucking dill pickles. I mean, they Weird. have dill. They have a dill flavor to it. But I mean, come on now, it's not. No, it's just there's just a weird fucking taste to it. I again, I can't fucking explain it. Huh? Gross. Yeah. When's the last time you had a Jimmy John's pickle? Mm, three weeks ago. Like like an actual pickle, or are you talking about pickles on their sandwich? Oh, uh, pickles on their sandwich. No, no, I'm talking about the actual like whole pickle gotcha. that you either get whole, get half, get quartered. That yeah, it's it's been so long since I've had one of those because the uh, the sodium content is so high mm-hmm. that I was just like ah, I'll just get a cookie. There you go, good option. Have you, yeah. Did you? So I take it you haven't tried the red velvet cookie yet? I have not. I I typically just get the chocolate chunk. Mm, chocolate chunk is better. I I had to try the red velvet because come on, it's red velvet. Chocolate, oh yeah, chocolate chunk sure. better. I don't even think I knew that Red Velvet was an option. That's crazy. I, it, I think it came out like a week or two ago. So. Oh, that'd be why. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no, stick to uh, stick to the chunk of chunk, hundred percent. All right, let's uh, let's listen to some mayoral candidates. Uh, topics that have been discussed: general crime with citizens, crime as far as businesses and vendors on the streets, youth, mental health, transport, uh, public transport, and migrants. So. Uh, as of right now, uh, State Rep- Representative Cam Buckner uh, is leading my list. You are currently, uh, you have a two-way tie between Cam Buckner and Brandon Johnson. Gotcha. And uh, Lori Lightfoot, Willie Wilson, 
and Sophia King uh, have no points from either of us. So. <clears throat> Joe, if you're ready, I will play this, and we can get going. Uh, I'm ready. Cool. Uh, here we go. Protected while also protecting the families who are All right, here. Brandon Johnson, thank, thank you. you. We're going to move on to our next round you here. Paul Vallis right? will be the first to answer mm-hmm. for this round. ABC7 recently reported that rent in the city is up more than 10% for a one-bedroom apartment. Many viewers tell us they're seeing hikes much, much higher than that. There are ongoing struggles with gentrification, longtime residents feeling simply priced out of their homes. In Chicago, the approval of affordable housing essentially falls under the purview of aldermanic prerogative. Many times that means not in my backyard. So here's the question. What would you do as mayor to improve affordable housing, Paul Vallis? Well, I'll tell you, the first thing I would do is cap individual property taxes. If you want to know why property taxes, why people's rents are going up. <clears throat> Paul Vallis is starting, by the way. Yes, I got that. Thank you. Gotcha, gotcha because their property taxes are rising. Since 2019, property taxes have grown an aggregate $847 million, both the city and the schools combined. So when you're driving property taxes up at that significant amount, incidentally, despite $6 billion in COVID money, then that's what you're going to get. You're going to get higher rents. You're going to get gentrification because people are going to be seeing their property taxes increase 30 or 40 or... <coughs> Joe, what's, uh, tell, explain to me gentrification. Uh, it's when you like, um, when wealthier people move into a poorer neighborhood and start changing the character of the neighborhood. So like maybe someone would buy, um, uh, an old laundromat and turn it into a cupcake shop. That's like the, the quintessential one in my mind. Um, because like, I'm rich. I don't need, I don't need a laundromat. I have laundry in my apartment. So what I want is a cupcake shop. Isn't there um, a, isn't there some places where they're taking like old warehouses and converting them into like apartment buildings? Oh, probably. I would if I were, if I had a chance. I've seen a couple of those and I was like, that's kind of a pretty cool concept because it's creating more housing, but stuff like that because it's newer, does it increase the cost of the area? Is that what kind of sometimes, what it is? Sometimes it does. And sometimes what they'll do is they won't include, um, any affordable units within a, um, mm. A building plan like that. And so, uh, you'll have a bunch of investors come in and, and be like, well, you know, my, I don't understand how investments actually work. And I believe that there should be absolutely no risk and I should always make more every year from it. And so, um, you know, they just, uh, they basically raise the, the rates on everybody. And, and you might, there might be some people who've been living in a house for like, you know, decades and uh and only paying like a thousand dollars a month who are suddenly because the market rates around them are twenty five hundred dollars the uh the landlord wants to come in and say uh you, if you can't pay twenty five hundred and match the market rate, you have to leave gotcha gotcha you know? that's, and that's so uh, poor people make basically are are unable to stay in the neighborhood and you know it's it's kind of like um uh the people from from Frankfurt moving into Piatone and suddenly having like uh, housing ordinances go up. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. 50%. At, at the end of the day, it yeah, has, go back you're going to get higher, both the city 
and the schools combined. So when you're driving property taxes up at that significant amount, incidentally, despite $6 billion in COVID money, then that's what you're going to get. You're going to get higher rents. You're going to get gentrification because people are going to be seeing their property taxes increase 30 or 40 or 50 percent. At the end of the day, it has a destructive impact. It's not only driving rents up, but it's driving people into homelessness. So at the end of the day, the first order of business is to cap individual property taxes so they're not being tax-driven out of their homes. Thank you. Lori Lightfoot. Well, I can tell you what we've specifically done, a $1 billion commitment to affordable housing, the largest commitment in the history of the city. We have brought already, um, in my term, almost 16,000 new units of affordable housing online. We have uh, worked to address the issues of displacement from development. Um, for example, in Woodlawn, where we put together a fund for $10 million to help long-term homeowners, and we have stabilized the rents there so long-term renters in that same neighborhood um, can stay. The same thing that we've done in Humboldt Park, and we've learned the lessons from the past administration that let market rates and forces drive people out of neighborhoods. We are working on these issues. We're pushing monies out from the emergency rental assistance and a number of other things that we've done, concrete, tangible things okay. to help on affordable housing. Thank you. Same question, Roderick Sawyer. Thank you. One of the biggest problems that we have right now regarding affordable housing is the density bonuses that we pay out to developers for downtown. And it's not the problem with the money that's going to, to a good cause, but they're being forced to build properties that's adjacent to them. So they're trying to build affordable housing in the Fulton Market area, which doesn't make sense. When I have abundance of land in Englewood, and I'm sure my colleagues in East Garfield Park and Lawndale, we have lots where you can build affordably, really affordably, and use that same density bonus money to invest in our neighborhoods that are really seeing no investment whatsoever. They're abandoned, they're vacant, and we need to do better with spreading that money around to areas that really need it so that we can help individuals as it relates to affordable housing. Thank you. Affordable housing, Chuy Garcia. Yeah. I, I understand and agree with the idea that we need better investment in areas that are typically and historically underinvested. But However, not gentrification? Uh, not, it's not necessarily gentrification, but okay. it can be. It can, it can end up being that way. Like if I guess it depends on what you invest in. Yeah, and, and how you invest it. Or like, you know, if, okay. if the government comes in and builds housing and makes it affordable and stuff, that's not necessarily gentrification. But if you let, like, rich investors <laughs> come in and do it because – uh, you know, you don't believe the government should do anything. You got to let uh, the market do it or whatever. Gotcha. That can turn into gentrification very right. quickly. Okay, I'm, cause um, I'm, I'm glad we're pausing here because my entire the entire time I heard him talking, I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, is he talking about like building up these other locations and like like increasing the values? Like, I thought that's what the problem was, but okay, yeah, yeah I got yeah. you. Well, because in theory, the more housing you have, the cheaper housing should be. Uh, because you have more supply. Yeah. Um, okay. and so like you want to build a lot of housing, but like, it's just, it's, it's such a silly, complicated thing for the most part. But, um, like three of the neighborhoods that he just listed, um, you know, I, I agree that these neighborhoods need investment, but these are also the neighborhoods that have like the highest rates of violent crime. Like if you, whenever, whenever Chicago makes a top, you know, 10, top 30, top, five list of, of murders or whatever for the summer. Mm-hmm. It's it's Englewood, it's Garfield Park, it's uh Hobart. you know what's that? Hobart Park. Yeah, yeah. Humble, Hobart, Hobart, Park. Hobart Englewood and Hobart I hear about the most. Evergreen. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. It's 
it's just it's weird and like I I know that a lot of people talk about how like you know the like the the low income areas are the most crime ridden like you you hear that yeah well it's I mean it makes sense because most most crime is due to poverty mm-hmm. you know most violent crime is is related directly to poverty and so like you do need investment in these areas but also like if you're going to bring up these areas and invest in I realize he only has forty five seconds to answer the question. Yeah. But it's also like this is such a complicated issue that you can't just say we need to invest in these areas because how are you going to get investors to invest in these areas if they're not safe areas? And so hopefully that's yeah. something that maybe, maybe it's addressed later. I guess in some ways it was addressed earlier on. Um, but I just, you know, I just thought it was like it was striking to me that that, you know. That this is the that, that that was his answer, I guess. Yeah, and I I, I, mean, I guess in a way I do feel bad for uh, like Lightfoot, and not only on this question but for like the entire debate is because they're pointing out everything that's wrong with the city, and her only response to is we're doing it now, we're working on it now, and everything. And you, like, all, every time she talks, you think to yourself like, you're saying that this stuff is happening, and yet these are the problems that are still occurring, right? It's like, it's like, obviously, if they're talking about how right now, like, affordable housing and everything is a problem in the city, but then you say that you're spending billions of dollars to resolve the affordable housing problem, it's like, then why is it still a problem? Right. Yeah. Well, like, it's, like, it's the kind of thing that takes a long time to solve, but also, <laughs> yes, you had four years or whatever. Yeah, but she, yeah, she didn't even give a statistic about, like, you know, like, the affordable housing has increased, you know, it has been resolved by 25%, 35%. It's like it's like like we're the issue is cut in half like nothing. It's just like we're throwing a billion dollars at it. Like cool, what did that billion dollars do? Like how right. how how many people are no longer struggling from the afford the affordable housing problem? Yeah, that's that's the biggest problem too. It's like whoever like helped her set up neither got need should have gotten her because I, I'm assuming that these guys know what these questions are when they're coming. They're not just thrown at them without knowing. I'm I, I, right. I should have yeah. So the people who are working with these guys, their campaign managers, whoever the hell it is, the the researchers are in their political uh, parties or not their political parties, but their uh, their camps. I don't know what the fucking I don't know what the hell they're called. Uh, campaign whatever's in their campaign uh, are going to help them get the you know get you know information for what they need in order to answer these questions. But she's not throwing out statistics. She's just throwing out numbers. Oh, we're doing this billions of dollars to this. Like cool. What did the billion dollars do? You have forty five seconds. Just give me a statistic. We have cut we have cut the necessity for for people who need affordable housing in half. We have helped half the people who are still working for it for the rest or something. I think that would give her a better a better benefit than just saying <clears throat> we're already doing it. Right. Cool. Awesome. But it's still a problem then. Right. Yeah. And I and and like I do feel bad for her, but I and I appreciate that like we're working on it. We got this going on. Or whatever, like, but I also agree, like, okay, so what, instead of talking about we've already done this, talk about we've done this and this has been the effect. So we need yes. more of this or more of that or less of this. Like that, that should be more like the answer, I think, is, is, you know, how, how are things going to be different if we vote for you again? Right. Right. Yeah. Has there been a decrease in cost? Has there been, you know, you know, affordable housing built here for you know, but nothing like that. It's just, uh, oh, we're doing it. Cool. How? What yeah. you done? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. uh, I believe Chewy's up next. Affordable housing, Chewy Garcia. 
housing is a human right. And mm -hmm. the pandemic just exacerbated the number of unhoused people in Chicago. It is a, at a crisis level. Things that I would do to increase the production of housing, I would use the infrastructure dollars that will be coming to Chicago and other cities as well. I would tap into tax increment financing dollars to also assist. I would use loans and subsidized loans as well as grants to help people, especially people who need help uh, improving their homes to be able to stay in homes that they lived in for a long, long time due to gentrification pressures. We also need to streamline the process to build more housing and not be a stumbling block for nonprofit okay. developers, especially Thank on you. the west and south side. Thank you. Jamal Green, 45 <coughs> Yeah, uh, affordable housing is such a huge issue. We got to do several things. Uh, one of the things is we have so many vacant properties throughout the city of Chicago. We propose giving a 10-year tax break to those folks who develop a property within a year um, that city owned. We also want to give incentives to those single floor buildings, those box stores and those commercial buildings to build a floor above so that we can increase our affordable housing supply in record time. We also have a lot of properties that we already own that we're not converting into affordable housing units. And one of those things that we must do is we got to have a public bank in the city of Chicago. If we have a public bank, then we can invest in income-based housing development uh, and invest in homeowners and small businesses, and all of the profit that comes back goes back to city services. That's some of the things that we Okay, make. thank you. Sophia King. Yeah, piggybacking on what he said, we already have tax incentives uh, to help build housing in our neighborhood. They're called opportunity zones. This administration has really failed to use us, but we can build the south and the west side through incentives with opportunity zones. We also need to make sure that our elders and our most vulnerable are able to stay in their homes. We have tax incentives for, for uh, rich people. It's called landmark districts. We can use those same incentives to make sure our elders are able to stay in their home. I would redirect those resources. Okay, thank you. Ken Buckner. Listen, we have 65,000 people unhoused. Uh, in this city. 20,000 of those are young people. Uh, CPS calls them students in temporary living situations. Uh, we have to figure this out, and I've put out a robust plan to do this, uh, but a few things that can help immediately is, one, we have to stop tying property taxes to the National Consumer Price Index. Uh, it compares us to places like Manhattan and Honolulu, but we're Chicago. We should be going off of our own rubric. Um, secondly, we need to find a way to put money in programs for single-family uh, rehabs for the Troubled Building Initiative. We have to put some more money in, into that space. Um, the new Home for Chicago program, as well as um, the, AR, the ARO ordinance and do a real uh, overhaul of our zoning process in Chicago as well. Uh, we have the ability to do this. We just need the will to do it. Thank you. Willie Wilson. Well, my situation like this here, I believe you take the handcuffs off the, car, off the houses and put them on the cops, <laughs> right? And then take them off the cops and put them on the criminals. It does my heart good to know every time she says Willie Wilson, you chuckle. <laughs> just kill it. He's just so funny. Overhaul <sighs> our zoning process in Chicago as well. Um, we have the ability to do this. We just need the will to do it. Thank you. Willie Wilson. Well, my situation like this here. I believe that you have to cut taxes to keep citizens here. More you raise taxes, real estate taxes, you're driving people out of this city. They're shopping outside of this city. So that's all going downhill. Unless you cut taxes, do your work real well, manage your budget, and stop giving yourself raises while the people, poor people suffer over here, then we can make this thing work. 
cut taxes, you know, people stay in Chicago, business stays in Chicago, new business come to Chicago, and that would do it. Thank you. Question on affordable housing. Wasn't actually that bad. No, it wasn't terrible. It was just uh, typical. Yeah. 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 Cut taxes. For for once. God, that was a good straightforward answer. He didn't get into the weeds. He didn't. Right. Yeah. (laughs) He he woke up. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody Any chance that to net? save himself a buck, he's going to pay attention. Oh, uh, yeah. Somebody played that pokey flute, bro, and woke this motherfucker <laughs> up. <laughs> you know, as a public school teacher, I, I can tell you, I've looked in the eyes of those homeless students. And for too long, we've had administrations that continue to leave families behind. The fact that we have 65,000 homeless or unhoused in this city um, is absolutely unconscionable. That's why my proposal is very simple. We have to make sure that we're not just simply making affordable housing more accessible, but we also have to make sure that we commit to public housing and pathway to home ownership, like down payment assistance programs like my wife and I experienced in order to purchase our our first home. Under my administration, we're going to have a better, safer city with full investment and access to public housing, access to affordable housing, just like I built two affordable housing units as Cook County Commissioner, okay. I'm going to do that when I'm mayor of the city of Chicago. Thank you. You went first in this round. Paul Vallis, 30 seconds. Great. Look, there are, are a host of things that we can do to expand the pool of affordable housing. But the bottom line is what's driving the rents up, which was your initial question, and what's driving gentrification is uncapped rising property taxes. Because even though there is a city levy cap, there's not an individual cap. So you have people all over the city experiencing draconian increases in their property taxes, and these are seniors and these are families on fixed income. So you've got to cap individual taxes. Okay, moving on to our next round of questions here. Craig Wall. <coughs> that was probably the first round, and this is round six, by the way, but this is probably the first round where, like, I think everyone had a pretty solid answer for the most part. Yeah, I'd agree. Um. It only took six people in for somebody to uh, make a comment about the current uh, uh, current uh, mayor. Mm-hmm. So, congrats to Sophie for doing that. <coughs> um, give me uh, give me your top three. If you guys uh, haven't checked out the other two, what we're doing is we're giving uh, points for the top three answers uh, individually, me and Joe separately. Every number one answer gets three points. Number the second best answer gets two points, and the third best gets one point, and we're just telling it up uh, through. So give me your uh, top three, Joe. Um, I'm trying to decide who my top was. That's the hardest in this one for me. I got Right now I got Johnson at two. I, I thought his answer was, was good because it was just a straightforward, simple answer. Um uh, and I agreed with it. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. that helps. Um, I, I, I gave Jamal Green one. Uh, I really like that idea about a 10 year tax break for those who develop city owned properties. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of a public bank. I like the idea of incentives for like businesses to rent out their, their second floors or build a second floor to, to rent out. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, I guess. I guess I'll give Buckner the three. I thought his his answer was the most comprehensive. And I honestly, I didn't know that our, our property taxes were tied to the consumer price index. That's uh-huh. That seems crazy to me. Yeah, there it is. So <clears throat> uh, I'm going to give three to Paul. 
I, I do like the idea of capping property taxes and stuff like that. Uh, realistically, I mean, like, no matter how many more buildings you put into Chicago, it's not going to grow outwards anymore. Right. So if the property is already there, if there's even if it's a vacant lot and you need to build into it, I don't think you should increase property tax because of that. <clears throat> and and like I said, I, I think that's going to be the best way to kind of avoid, uh, as you know, what gentrification is to not increase, you know, the the cost of living in an area just because something new comes into it. Hmm. That's so. Saying, yeah. So I like that. Uh, Buckner, I want to give uh, two to. Uh, like I said, like he's just. He's fucking crushing it. He's like, I mean, every like you said, it was clear, it was concise. It was, I mean, he he gave great answers. Uh, and then one, I'm gonna give to uh, Jamal Green. Uh, I think nice. for a young kid, he does have his kind of his head on strainer thing. <clears throat> the public banking thing, I don't quite understand. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't realize that there were no public banks in the entire city of Chicago. I had no idea. Yeah, as far as I know, um, there really aren't a lot of public banks anywhere in the U S um, it's, it's not really a thing that, that mostly exists. Let me double check real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Cause it was like, I almost, I almost gave a point to Sophia, but obviously Buckner went and I was like, okay, well I'm going to have to get the point to Jamal then because that was, it was a solid fucking answer. And <clears throat> like I said, even, you know, the tax, the, uh, the tax credit and everything to people who are willing to build in communities to build them up, I think is awesome. Uh, so like I said, everyone had a pretty solid answer. Again, Lightfoot probably could have done a little bit better with, you know, explaining what got done instead of just saying, we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so a public <laughs> bank is a bank that is owned by the, owned and operated by a government at some level. So, uh, he's talking about the city of Chicago owning this bank. Um, you could have a, a, a city could have a bank, a, a state could have a bank, a, uh, the federal government could have banks. Um, most of the banks in the U.S., uh, most of the, um, uh, banks, um, credit unions, all the, all the, most of the financial institutions of the country are, uh, operated by private ent- uh, en- entities. Gotcha. Uh, and, and they're commercial banks, right? So their, mm-hmm. their goal is to make a profit for shareholders in the bank. Um, the thing with the public bank is that because the city owns it, the city is the shareholder. All of the people of Chicago become the shareholder. And so, um, the city can lend money out and then the, the money made off of the interest from those loans can be put towards other public programs or other, other things that help improve the city is the idea. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, and, and it creates an incentive to, to compete, you know, the, the commercial banks, if the, you know, the government can can pay government interest rates or or ask for government interest rates because they create the money. I mean, uh, the federal government creates the money, but I imagine that it's would be pretty closely linked to whatever that is. Um, you know, a government bank is going to be able to offer much lower interest rates than a commercial bank because they don't have to lend the money for them to use it themselves. Whereas the government typically lends money to like Chase, for example, who then turns around and lends it out to everybody else at a higher, at a markup. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Gotcha. I appreciate you educating me, man. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Pleasure. And it's really cool to Jamal. He's, I think he's like, what, 27 years old? I think is what we said. Yeah, something like that. So, so smart kid. Definitely has his shit together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's dive back in and see what the next topic is. Paul will be getting this question and starting with Lori Lightfoot answering first, Craig. 
Uh, well, the economy is rebounding from the pandemic, as you know. Companies are still leaving Chicago, and many small businesses continue to struggle uh, coming out of the pandemic. How do you make sure that Chicago keeps and tracks businesses, and what can be done without federal money still coming in anymore to help these struggling businesses? Well, first of all, Chicago is a great destination uh, for businesses. In the last two years alone, we've seen almost 300 businesses make pro-Chicago decisions, either relocating here from elsewhere, uh, companies uh, like Kellogg. Um, and others, national brands, um, or substantially expanding their footprint in Chicago. This is a great place to come because we've got great workers, we've got a very diverse economy, and people know that they've got me as a mayor who is pro-Chicago business. So we're seeing that happening every single day. What we can we do is we keep advertising and making sure that people know the advantages here. We have a great economy. I'm sorry? What about smaller struggling businesses? We put $100 million into making sure that small businesses would be able to stay uh, stay afloat, hire employees. We've given them grants. We've given them loans. And we continue to push out money through our Chicago recovery plan, over $300 million that's going into businesses in neighborhoods. That's why our economy is thriving and allowing us to prepay our pension. And moving on to... How is it that she said what like hundreds of businesses have moved in Chicago? Mm-hmm. And she gave and she gave one example of Kellogg. Yeah, she couldn't name one more. It would be she, great if she could name three. That would be. She went with Kellogg. She and she said like Kellogg and, and other ones. It's like what are those other ones? Like come on now. Shit, lady, you couldn't you couldn't tell somebody that hey, give me three, give me the top three to fucking move in. Let's see here. Chicago remained number one for corporate relocations and expansions in 2021. That doesn't that doesn't tell us about 2022 or 2023. No, I mean that's awesome uh, to have because I mean 20, I mean it's awesome to have in 2021 because that's in the mid of the uh, that's mid pandemic. Yeah, that, right. you know that these thriving businesses are coming in now. Obviously, there was a struggle because a lot of you know people were still getting COVID, not being able to work, and all that stuff. But I mean, at least that they're they're starting, you know, to develop and everything. But uh, that's the biggest thing I hate hearing, and I don't know if it's my only opinion. But like when he asked, like, well, "What about the small businesses?" I'm bored 100 when she said grants, and I'm all of a sudden when she said the word loan, it's just like, dude. Like it's like I I hate the idea of like the city loaning people money because they're gonna have to end up paying that back. But I get it. I I mm. get it. I just hate. I mean, just maybe uh, you know avoid using the word loan as in like oh well, we're loaning people money that eventually you're gonna have to get back. You know, use the word grants. You know, fudge fudge fudge, fudge away that that word loan. It just sounds horrible. They, they and they come because she's the mayor. Yeah, that's such a strange. I I don't. I have trouble believing that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh who's next? Uh, Roderick Sawyer. Our economy Thank is thriving you. and allowing us to prepay our pension. And moving on to Roderick Sawyer, forty-five seconds. Yes, we are, we keep and attract businesses by providing investments in these businesses. What we need to do, particularly in the industries of hospitality, where we get a lot of sales taxes from. When uh, we go back to safety, we talk about people having crime anxiety. That means they're not coming out to eat. They're not going out to, to theaters and things like that. We want to make sure, one, they're safe. Two, we make proper investments in the hotel, restaurant, and all the hospitality industries. Investments, because we get that back. 
We invest in hotels when they're uh, making sure that they can have more rooms available and have workers there at the restaurants that right now too many are, un are shuttered and closed. We want to make sure that we have double investments in safety and into those uh, businesses that are really the backbone of our economy, the hospitality industry. Thank you. Same question. Chewy Garcia. Because of Chicago's uh, violence problem and crime, many businesses are going to other cities across the South. We can stop the bleeding by making Chicago a safer city. Uh, my public safety plan gets to the heart of how we do that. During the pandemic, Congress stepped up and helped many struggling businesses make it through that difficult time. I have an ordinance, a uh, bill pending in Congress, which has resulted in new regulations that will come out, uh, programs that will assist disadvantaged business enterprises, minority and women businesses to thrive in this time. But addressing the safety concerns can take us to many other opportunities that can be achieved in Chicago. Okay, thank you. Jay Green, 45 seconds. Well, as a small business owner and a person who around small business owners each and every day, uh, I understand what we must do in our administration. And one of the first things that we must do is we must stop targeting business owners. We're going into businesses, inspecting them and, and finding them for little stuff just to make money for the city of Chicago. Uh, and we must create more small businesses where their first business license is free in our city to show them that we appreciate them for creating opportunities. We'll invest in a citywide apprenticeship for young people to address the shortages and we'll pay for that. Uh, and we will streamline permanent licensing uh, uh, and fees so that we can make sure that small businesses can open up throughout the city of Chicago in record time. And we're going to hold ourselves accountable to those measures. Okay, Sophia King. Yeah, uh, listen, if we don't have safe communities and good schools, companies and people are going to continue to leave our city. We have to be intentional about small businesses, however. I represent uh, the Michael Reese development, which is being heralded as one of the most equitable developments in the city. We've got a $25 million commitment to schools, a 20% commitment to affordable housing on site, and we were very intentional about writing down prices for small businesses. So we have to be very intentional about making sure our small businesses can stay in the city of Chicago. Okay, same question, Cam Buckner. Listen, we're, we're bleeding. Um, we're bleeding businesses. We saw it with Boeing. We're seeing it with the Bears. We're seeing it with mom-and-pop shops around this city. Uh, we need real leadership that can inspire people and have real conversations with business owners uh, about why to be here. We need stability, civility, and predictability in this space. Um, we also need safety, as we said earlier. I represent the Magnificent Mile in the General Assembly, and the mayor uh, told the shop owners there that it was their fault um, that <clears throat> what happened to them in 2020 uh, happened. Listen, <clears throat> many of us thought that this administration would raise the bar, but all we've seen is raise bridges, attempt to raise taxes, and raise murder rate. We have to do better. Thank you. Willie Wilson. Uh, <clears throat> I am a business person. I understand business. It's about crime and taxes. Taxes run you out of the city. People as well as business. Right? Crime, if you don't get a hold of that, continually to move out of the city. What taxes you got to do is you got to take taxes. the... You gotta take the handcuffs off the crime and put it on the taxes. <laughs> it works with everything. It really does. It's so, it was just such a crazy answer way back then. I just can't even get over it. Sorry. Anyway. God, God, God. That should be a t-shirt.
<laughs> yes. <laughs> we got we got to find a way to make that a, a Freaknet Studios T-shirt. I don't know what we're taking the handcuffs off of and putting them on, but uh, we definitely got to make that T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Air mm-hmm. taxes, heat and taxes, out taxes, red light camera taxes. It's not friendly. You know, I run business. I understand. You know, this administration here don't have a, a clue, in my opinion, what they're doing. They lost too many beds and too many people. Okay, thank you. Brandon Johnson. Well, this is the city of Chicago. What a beautiful place to be able to have uh, a real economic driver uh, within our small business communities. You know, we all are talking about having a safe city of Chicago. You know, in all due respect to Congressman Garcia, he did not release a public safety plan. He released Lori Lightfoot's public safety plan. As a teacher, I would call that plagiarism. As a Cook County commissioner, I've invested hundreds of, we've invested millions of dollars into workforce development to make sure that small businesses that are some of the greatest um, economic opportunities for communities, um, Investing in small businesses means investing in communities. And that's what I will do as mayor of the city of Chicago. We will have a better thriving business community under my administration. Okay, 45 seconds for Paul Vallis. Look, safety, number one priority with businesses. It's impacting business property. It's impacting their workers and it's impacting their customers. Secondly, we really haven't provided the type of COVID relief for businesses that were adversely impacted, not only by the pandemic, but also impacted when because of the destruction, uh, because of the unrest. Third, property taxes. The reassessment has had a devastating impact on businesses all across the city. Many businesses saw increases, and I'm not faulting, I'm not faulting Mayor Lightfoot for that, for 50, 60, 70 percent increases in their assessments. You would have thought that they would have imposed some sort of a cap to allow the businesses to, in effect, transition into the higher assessments. So we've got to okay. deal with the property tax issue. Thank you. Lori Lightfoot, 30 seconds. I don't know what city these folks live in, but the one that I live in, international household names are coming to Chicago. Kimberly Clark, Kellogg, uh, Google. These are companies that could be anywhere in the world, but they're coming here and making significant investments. We are repurposing vacant storefronts to the tune of 300 different businesses all across our city. The investments that we've made in small businesses, $100 million uh, in grant funds and also loans, a seven-county regional partnership that has addressed um, our economic growth. Okay, thank you. Um, we are going to move on to our next round now and going back to Enrique. Ah, man. She went back. She went back to Kellogg. Yep, at least she named some other ones. How has she not mentioned Amazon? Oh, good question. The amount of warehouses that have grown in, in at least the area that I know of, over the course of the last three or four years, and I know of like four or five that I know of that fucking I got got put up within like a fifty, sixty mile radius of me. Yeah. Fucking insane. Fucking insane. Um, okay. So, I think I, did I do that right? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 6, uh, maybe I did my math wrong. I don't know. I'll double check it. Uh, so, um, I'm going to give three points to Roderick Sawyer. Love what he said. I gave two points to Vallis, and I gave one point to Chewy. Gotcha. I uh, I kind of stopped paying attention after Wilson. Um, uh, I felt like Buckner's answer wasn't very 
clear and comprehensive this time, but I'll still give him a one. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked J-Mall's answer. I'm going to give him a two, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's a, uh, I, I, what was, what was, did you catch the, can you give me the highlights of Brandon Johnson's answer? Oh, which one was he? And he would have been after. Yeah, I can go back. I, I can go back and replay it real quick. Yeah, yeah here's here's you. the th- no, you're fine because here's the thing. It's like, um, I mean, obviously a lot of them were talking about giving grants and stuff, helping out small businesses and everything. I think Brandon Johnson's was more. Actually, I'm, I'm getting, I think I'm getting confused with fucking Paul now. Yeah, right, that's right. I mean, small. These are companies. They would have the commissioner, Congressman Garcia, to have out taxes, red light camera taxes. It's not friendly. No, I run business. I understand. You know, this administration here don't have a, a clue, in my opinion, what they're doing. They lost too many beds and too many people. Okay, thank you. Brandon Johnson. Well, this is the city of Chicago. What a beautiful place to be able to have uh, a real economic driver uh, within our small business communities. You know, we all are talking about having a safe city of Chicago. You know, in all due respect to Congressman Garcia, he did not release a public safety plan. He released... Lori Lightfoot's public safety plan. As a teacher, I would call that plagiarism. As a Cook County commissioner, I've invested hundreds of, we've invested millions of dollars into workforce development to make sure that small businesses that are some of the greatest um, economic opportunities for communities, um, investing in small businesses means investing in communities. And that's what I will do as mayor of the city of Chicago, we will have a better thriving business community under my administration. Okay, 45 seconds. Okay, so it's not it's not that I didn't hear his answer. It's that he didn't give an answer. Yeah, you, you got to talk more about plagiarism. Gotcha. Well, let me let me bump everybody up one and pick a pick a new bottom one. Um, I like Jamal's answer a lot. Uh, Buckner's so he's going to get a three. Buckner's going to get a two, and. Um, I guess I guess Sawyer's going to get a one. Okay. I got to, I'm trying to figure out like did I screw this up somewhere? Cuz each so each round gets 6 points. And this is number 7, so 6, 12, 8, and 12, 33, 36, 42. And you have 5, 10, 15 on oh, somebody say just uh, just start yambling around about something for like two minutes. Yeah, I was just uh, part of why I wasn't paying attention is because I was whipping a uh, shirt design together. Oh, for gonna, the handcuffs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gonna uh, gonna gonna put it in the chat here for you. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we need. If we you need... like it, I'll email you an actual file. I'm totally on board with that. Okay, so so fourteen and eight, twenty-two, right? Yeah. 22, so 33, 39, 44, 42. Okay, so you're good. I got, so you're 4, 5, 10, 11, 5, 10, 4, 6. So that's 10, 20, 31, 5, 6, 7, 8, so 40. 
So I'm missing two. Oh, I guess I probably didn't do everything right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I gave Roderick three. Yeah. I Roderick three. I gave Paul two. And I gave Garcia one. And that should put us right. Uh, four, five, ten, eleven. Fine. This is why we need fucking people to do shit for us. How do we not have people doing shit for us yet? I don't know. Not getting paid enough. That's true. That's true. What happened to the world of unpaid interns? <laughs> so 12 and 11 is 30. Or I'm sorry, 23. Plus 7 is 30. Plus 5 is 35. Plus five is forty. Plus two. Okay, cool. So that works. Oh, rid of that. Get rid of that. That works. Okay. Hell's bells. Uh, okay. Let me get this started back up here. You ready, Jeff? Yes, sir. That is address um, our economic growth. Okay. Thank you. Um, we are going to move on to our next round now and going back to Enrique Rodriguez with our next question. And Robert Sawyer will be answering first. Enrique. A few weeks ago, we had the opportunity to visit the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office. And we found out that in 2022, over 1,600 Cook County residents lost their life because of an opioid overdose. About 91% of all the total mortalities are related to fentanyl. And almost 80% of those fatalities are residents from the city of Chicago. So what is your plan to tackle this issue? Because this has a direct impact on health and public safety. And I'm sure a lot of families who lost a loved one would love to hear your answer. I think there's questions about drugs. Yeah, I think the opioid epidemic. Okay. We did it, Wilbur! Of course, of course we did. <laughs> we did the Wilbur. Uh, he's, he's got my three points. Right? Yeah, my oh, points. We're trying to kill people. Woo! <laughs> uh, okay, let's get back. Well, I, say, I mean, that would drive property taxes down if there was no one around to pay them. <laughs> you ain't wrong, bud. Hashtag yikes. <laughs> God, fucking way to go, fucking YouTube. Way to fucking make it awkward. <laughs> How many hours time do we have left in this debate? Uh, this is tw- there's 28 minutes left, so we might be able to get through one more question unless you want to push it off till next week. Gotcha. Ooh, I'd be fine pushing it off. All right, yeah, we got 30 minutes left, so I'll be fine. I like the shirt, by the way. Thank you. I think, uh, uh, I think, I'll get I think you a better file. I think, we might, I think we might have to go with that. Uh, so as it stands right now, um, I got a two-way tie for first between Cam Buckner and Paul Vallis. And uh, Cam Buckner is uh, one point ahead for you uh, against Jamal Green. All right. So we'll do the opioids next week. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Joe, what are you freaking thinking about? I am freaking, well, I mean, honestly, a lot of it's just fitness and stuff and, and getting my, you know, I had a, I, I can't remember if, if, if this had happened by the time we recorded our blog, 
but I actually managed to bring my um, my heart rate down by about ten beats a minute um, nice. in terms of on the high end. Um, when I when I first started working out last week, I was hitting 178 beats a minute. Uh, at the end of the week, I was down to 168 beats a minute. And, um, you know, for a person who was really worried about my heart health and stuff, I was really proud of that. I really felt like a big accomplishment to me. Um, now, today I worked a lot harder and brought it back up to, I think, 175 was my max. But, you know, baby steps. So, um, yeah, there's that. And then also The Last of Us. I've been really enjoying that show on HBO. Um, it It feels, I don't know, it feels like back when The Walking Dead was popular at first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to have something to watch on Sunday nights that's like an actual escape from what's going on, you know? Yeah. So I'm you. I'm enjoying it. Uh, what about you? What are you forgetting about? Uh I I gotta I gotta figure out what's going on in my truck. Um it's having an issue that I'm assuming after talking with Carl about it is probably a long, long, long overdue fucking tune up. Um I, it worries me that I'm getting to the point now where I don't think I'm going to get the the 70,000 more miles out of my truck that I want before I start looking at a new vehicle because, obviously, um, having the job I have now, um, you know, I'm, I'm taking on decent money, but because of uh, my unintelligent, frivolous spending that I did as a younger youth, uh, I'm trying to, you know, get caught up on, uh, paying off some debt I have, and I really like to get that stuff taken care of before I go out and purchase a new vehicle, especially with the cost of cars nowadays. Now, I have heard that the prices of vehicles are coming down a little bit compared to what they were maybe a few months ago or even last year. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's just like the additional car payment, just, I, I just don't want to have to have it, and, uh, you know, start struggling. You know, I, I've, I got to a point where I'm able to kind of like have a little bit of a savings and have a cushion in case things happen. I mean, I've, I've been pretty lucky, uh, as far as, um, expensive, uh, um, uh, pay, paying for shit that like, you know, I would, how's it? Uh, I don't know how to fucking phrase it, but my furnace works fine. My air conditioner works fine. My water heater works fine. I haven't had to, have any big expenses, big expenses, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, nice. Even with my truck, you know, I've really looked out. Other than tires and stuff, I really haven't spent any, spent a lot of money on the truck. And then all of a sudden, here I am. I spent twenty two hundred dollars into it in a year between uh, the the brake issues and the sha- uh, drive shaft, not drive shaft, uh, whatever the fucking things are called. I can't remember. I just know they cost me yeah. eight fucking dollars. Oof! But uh, it's uh. I just in, in my mind, I was like, I just need to get through this year and maybe into spring of next year. And if I can do that, then I can look again at a vehicle uh, then. But I, I, it's getting to the point now where it's just like it's, it's probably not going to be, you know, much longer before uh, I have to get a new vehicle, which, I mean, I get it. I mean, this truck right now, I've had it since 2012, you know, so. Yeah, it's you 11 know, years old. Yeah, coming up on, actually, it was 11 years uh, here this month or next month that I bought it. So it's uh and yeah it's over two hundred thirty something thousand miles on it and stuff so it's it is it, is done well for me um I just really needed to give me just one more year and then uh, I I'm not even too worried about even getting the trade value out of it or anything like, you know I'll sell it to some fucking sixteen year old kid out here who just needs a beat him up truck and shit to drive around in and stuff it's 
you know, or, you know, depending on where its life is at the point of getting rid of it, I may just end up scrapping it, but, um, yeah, I just, I know, I know I need to look into the scan of tune-up done on it, which these fucking Ram Hemi, uh, fucking engines have 16 spark plugs in it, so, might be a fun little project to get done, so, yeah, and that, weren't we supposed to be doing a, uh, burger thing? Oh, we're oh, yeah. ranking Burger King or something coming up. Yeah, uh, I thought we were looking at the 18th. That the 18th? Okay. Cool. I knew it was coming up. I just can't remember when it was. Yeah, we okay. may have initially been looking at the 11th, but um, uh, something came up for me that day. So Valentine's Day, fucking Valentine's Day shit. What's that? No, I wish. I wish. Now we're uh, going as a church to the local food pantry and helping them do stuff. That's sweet of you. Yeah, it's it's good things. It's not you know. Uh, there is a part of me that wishes it was Valentine's Day stuff, but yeah. <laughs> Guys, make sure you follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just by searching this freaking show. Make sure you do check out the Freaknet Studios YouTube channel over on YouTube. I gotta do a search Freaknet Studios. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, and check out our videos. Uh, again, me and Joe are going to be doing our, uh, our, they're titled Our Freaking Journey Vlogs. Uh, we're going to start doing those. The first one's going to be re-uploaded this week so you can check out the final, uh, uh, video and everything, but do check it out. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're doing it not only to encourage ourselves, but hopefully encourage you guys as well. And you can catch the podcast when it is released on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean just by searching this freaking show. Guys, that's all I got. As always, I am Travis Steve. And I'm Cartoon Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.